Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Bust the Asian Beauties, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times, and I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian. So for today's episode, we will be discussing season two, episode one, In My Time of Dying. Written by Eric Kripke, uh, directed by Kim Manners. Of course, it's these two, like, yeah. obviously. They've probably decided that they get all the important episodes because they're supernatural specialist little boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's true. And, I mean, it's a good episode, so I'm not complaining. It's a good episode, but I'm also making a new tab for racism counting because of this episode isn't it a bit too late because like we had a lot of it last season or are we gonna do it like season for season yeah i think we're gonna do season for season also like i guess i i'm doing it like sam and dean racisms like i was doing sam and dean misogynies rather than just writer racisms yeah yeah i feel like there weren't that that many sam and dean racisms in the last season just writer racisms crystal before going into the episode so what were your expectations for this one i think i knew the plot of this one already i knew that they were all gonna be in a hospital after the car crash and dean would be basically dead and be a little ghost boy wandering throughout the hospital and that tessa the reaper would be there um at some point he like throws a glass and makes it shatter and I also knew that John would make a deal with Azazel to bring Dean back in exchange for his life. And then he would tell Dean to kill Sam. And then Sam would see John dead and drop a mug of coffee. So yeah, I think that was about it, right? Yeah, it's literally the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had known less going in because I would have liked to not know what John was up to until it was time, you know? I I think there was a lot of retroactive uh, feelings, though, like, because of the knowledge of what's going on, yeah. especially on Sam's side. Right. I, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, like, yeah. the guilt that, came, that comes along with how Sam acted in yeah. John's last few days yeah. and all that. We'll get into oh. it. Before we start the actual episode, of course, there's the road so far. Yep. Because it's the beginning of the season. And, oh my god, what a way to hype us up. It's a good road so far. Mm-hmm. We took a break, right? So yes. we didn't watch Supernatural for quite a while. Yeah, I was like, oh, time to watch Supernatural. And then I turned on the road so far, and I was like, time to fucking watch Supernatural, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, I think I was already sort of excited to watch it again, just because I think I was experiencing withdrawal. But um, <laughs> I think once we got to like Sam's little face in the road so far, I just perked up like a lost puppy. The, 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 we don't get a specific song or anything, so 
there's not really much to comment in that regard. Well, there is a song, I just don't recognize it, and it's not very loud. Yeah, and there's no lyrics, is what I'm trying to say, right? Oh. Wait, is there not? Maybe there... I don't remember. It was not a memorable <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, there, there are no lyrics. It's just guitar. Oh, okay. Uh, it says it's Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. No! The, the opening lyrics are Here I come again now, baby, like a dog in heat. <laughs> no! Not on Supernatural! Okay, well, here the road so far comes now, baby, like a dog in heat. Um... <laughs> Okay, yeah, but it opens on Bobby saying, like, there's a big storm coming and you boys yeah. and your daddy are right in the middle of it, which is very fun. I'm glad that they are making Bobby more established. Okay, when they show Mary's death scene, there's a scream, right? Is that from the actual scene or did they dub a random other scream over it? I'm pretty sure she screams, like, the okay. scream is what wakes John up. Okay. But I'm not sure if that's the same scream that they used. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like a dog in heat. <laughs> <laughs> not on Supernatural. Okay, my other favorite part of the road so far was when they were talking about how there's demons everywhere, and then it shows Meg... On that guy outside of Sunrise Apartments. And then the Scarecrow from Scarecrow. <laughs> the Scarecrow from Scarecrow is demon goaded. Literally. <laughs> we opened where we ended last time. So if you recall uh, last time, a demon truck. Well, you know, a demon in a truck hit Sam and Dean and John in the Impala. And they're all bloody. And uh, Bad Moon Rising is playing. All that. The demon from the truck steps out of the vehicle and like goes towards the Impala's front door, which is where Sam is, because Sam is driving. Sam is the only one in the group who's still conscious. And as the door opens, we see that he has the gun pointed towards the demon. The demon says, oh, you're not going to shoot me. You're saving that bullet for someone else. And Sam says, wanna bet? Hi. And he has blood all <laughs> over know. his face, too, and it's like coming yeah, out of his nose. Hi. Yeah, he's suffering so terribly. And I it's know, like, right? Hello, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> the demon uh, leaves the vessel, and the vessel collapses on the ground as Sam breathes a sigh of relief. And you can literally see the tears in his eyes at this point. And, like, we, we get that a lot this episode, and every single time I'm like, oh, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> and also, his face is still all bruised, and one of his eyes is partly swollen shut, so he looks yes. real pathetic. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the demon leaves the vessel, and the vessel who is left behind looks up at the truck and the car, and he goes, oh my god, did I do this? As Sam starts calling out for John and Dean, who don't respond. As Sam shouts, Dean! We fade into a helicopter flying over this the car crash. It's daytime now, and a rescue team is rescuing our three boys. 
And as they wheel an unconscious John and Dean into the helicopter, Sam is shouting out for them and asking if they're still alive, if they're fine. And I was like, final girl, Sam, even <laughs> since season two. <laughs> he is the only one who is conscious. Like, at this point, you're like, oh my god, what if he's the only one who's still alive? You know, fun stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, good. So, we're in a hospital now. And Dean... We see feet! <laughs> we do see feet. For free, even. What is Jackal's wiki feet rating, by the way? Let's look it up right now. Literally, let's look it up. Okay, typing wiki Jensen feet. Ackles wiki feet right into my search bar. Um. Oh, he has a 4.98 out of 5? Oh! Good for him. Um, I'm looking at these pictures. I can't tell what good-looking feet are. I don't think he's a 4.98 out of 5, but, like, like what do I know? <laughs> All the pictures are of the warrior cat's pose. <laughs> the one where he's in the snow, and yeah. he's, like, arching his back up like a dog in heat. <laughs> no! <laughs> that Nugent get away from our podcast. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Dean wakes up in a hospital bed. Do people in hospital... Are they supposed like what are they supposed to be dressed in like is this white t-shirt fan service that's my question literally like okay here's a list of things i listed them down by numerical order one is feet feet number two is bow legs (laughs) number three is he's just in a shirt is this fan service thin (laughs) white t-shirt i think it is fan service yeah, the the transcript literally says he is wearing a white t-shirt, blue hospital pants, and nothing else. Like, <laughs> he's practically full frontal. He walks out into the hallway calling out for Sam and for his dad. And he finds, like, a receptionist or a nurse and tries to talk to her, but she doesn't seem to hear him. He's snapping his fingers in her face, still no response. So he runs back to his room and sees that he is still in the bed, hooked up to a bunch of tubes and dying. And then we get like a little boom and then it's the supernatural page. And it's a new one this season, right? Yeah. Before we discuss the logo screen, I Mm -hmm. I don't know what to call it. I just want to say what the number four in my list (laughs) during that scene that I made. The number fourth item is, he's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I am not immune. But uh, Dean looks very good this episode. Uh, Do you agree? I Because he's like, he's barefoot. Number one, he's barefoot. And he's wearing just Gray a white foot t-shirt. fetish era. <laughs> and also, he has very nice scars on his face. Like, yeah, they're um, very aesthetically placed. I think that his forehead scar is quite good. It reminded me of that, you know, that poem, Jessica Takes a Chill Pill, that ends with... Yes. Um, yeah, I asked Jessica what drowning feels like, and she says not, not everything, everything feels, feels like, like something, something else. else. Yes. Yeah, because she has that scar. 
from the pool yet. Anyway, um, I didn't really feel anything about Dean this episode, but I mean, I guess I could see why you would be attracted to him. I am, because of this podcast, I feel like, I am leading in into my Dean girl agenda. Just because I am, like, forcing you to yes, fight Yes, because you're so it. against him. So, like, I have to, I have to defend him in some way. <laughs> so, here he we are. He doesn't need defense on whether or not he's attractive. He calls himself a handsome <laughs> devil every two episodes. <laughs> Well, someone has to uh, affirm his beliefs. So that's that's my stance in this entire scenario. All right, all right. Okay, let's let's talk about the splash screen. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I guess I would just call it a title card. But splash screen is a title card. Exactly. Yeah. It's a title card. The title card for this season is it's a fire. But yeah. it's the fire effect that they used that for the cabinet in like home. And yeah. looks kinda goofy. Um, it also looks like the fire over Jess in the pilot and the part Mary. where it's very zoomed in. Yes. And then there's a distorted voice going Ah <laughs> <laughs> It's literally just going Ah And then the A, the first A in the pen, in the supernatural logo is a pentagram before it turns back into an A. Yeah, and the letters have fire patterning. This looks like something that would have come out of episode one, right? Yes. Of season one. Because yes. of the fire and the whole pentagram thing, which they made a point to point out in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So... I'm kind of surprised that this is what season two looks like. Like, I know it looks like this, but, like, sometimes you forget because there's so many seasons. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like the thing for this season. But I thought it looked nice, at least. Like, Marianne, Leo, like, you did a decent job on this one. Dean is pondering by the door of his room when Sam comes in. And Sam looks... Pretty alright, despite the circumstances. And Dean comments upon this with like, Oh, you you look good, uh, considering dot dot dot. And then Sam steps towards Dean, who is, you know, in the bed intubated and everything. Dean realizes that even Sam can't hear him. Mm. This entire scene was so awkward. Did you feel that way? Um, awkward how? Like, the acting was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Ackles. But the acting was, like, quite so far, I feel. Sam was in the room. Do you think I was looking at Dean at any point? <laughs> <laughs> no, but basically, like, I, I get it that, you know, he's he's invisible. So it's very hard to act against, like, people who are pretending to not see you. So, like, I, I can't forgive it, but there are some scenes that feel, like, just a little bit awkward. But I think the camera work saves the day. So, mm. you know, it's, it's alright. Uh, Dean asks how dad is, and when Sam continues to not reply, he gets agitated, like, saying that Sam is the psychic one, so he better hear Dean and all that. Yeah. And then a doctor comes in and then tells Sam that John is awake now and is ready for visitors. 
Dean says, like, oh, thank God. And you think, like, the audience, you think that we're going to proceed to John's room immediately. But no, like, Sam stays put and asks, what about Dean? What about my brother? The doctor says that out of all the injuries Dean has, which is, he has a lot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, the, the main concern is the head trauma. Most people who get that kind of head trauma don't wake up. Well, he says it this way. Like, he says that they will only know the extent of the injury when Dean wakes up. And then he retracts it and says, well, if he wakes up. And Mm -hmm. Sam is like, if? And these ghosts like, come on, doc. I'm going to wake up. And my first thought, my immediate thought was like... Dean's doctor kink has been postponed for another month. I'm sorry, Dean. This happened in Fate and it's happening again now. Really bad time to have a doctor kink. Yeah, he says, oh, screw you, Doc. And it's like, well, Dean normally would want to watch that, but maybe not today. The doctor says that most people in Dean's condition don't survive this long. And Sam should have realistic expectations. And Dean is in the back going, you know, find some hoodoo priest to mojo me back together and I'll be fine. And, okay. Yeah, okay, so here's where I pull out my racism spreadsheet. Um, Hoodoo is, like, a spiritual practice. I guess, like, you could call it a religion, you could call it magic. There's, like, different scholarship on the issue. But, yeah, um of like the African diaspora in the US um, that was born out of enslavement. Um, So it's like a mix of a lot of traditions from Africa. And um, I mean, there's a lot of aspects of hoodoo. Uh, There's healing, there's protection, but basically a lot of it was born out of like staying alive, staying as a community and like staying safe against the dangers of slavery in the U.S. So, like, you know, this is, like, a actual practice that matters a lot culturally and spiritually. And it's weird that Dean is, like, bringing it up the way that he is in a way that's, like, very dismissive, right? Like, it's, like, oh, like, go, like, find some woo-woo new age guy, you know? Like, it's just, it's not good. I don't like it, and I think I want to give him a racism point for it. Yeah, sure. All right. Go on. Yep. Okay. Dean's been racist once this season so far. Something about this scene that took, that grabbed my attention was, and like the entire episode too, was how adamant Dean was to mm-hmm. stay alive when, you know, uh, half a season ago, we watched yeah. Fate. Yep. Where he was just so ready to die. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I asked myself, like, why? And there are two things that I came up with. One, the, the one that I believe less was that because John is around and there's, like, an opportunity for a family again. Mm-hmm. He feels more connected to his life because it feels like, you know, an actual life now that they have the opportunity to as he puts it, like, be a family again in Shadow. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really buy that. Yeah. What I buy more is the idea that he has always been this adamant to live. 
it's just that he was trying to tamper it down back in fate for Sam's sake. Interesting. Or because this episode he's out of his body, right? So it's more uninhibited like his reactions. Mm. So he is more likely to act on his like actual feelings because nobody can, you know, hear him, nobody can interact with his feelings. So he's able to act on it like on the more simple ones and the simple fact of the matter is he wants to live and like it it makes me sad thinking about it because like in fate did he also want to live he just felt like it would be burdensome to like ask that of sam mm. you know yeah i guess i read it differently because when he's begging tessa to let him come back to life what he's saying is like my family's in the middle of a war right now. There are demons after us, and my brother might die if I'm not here to protect him. Like, I think that's mm. what it was. I think that in faith, what they were doing was just looking for John, but like in both Asylum and Scarecrow, John had sent them on a case, so clearly John's alive and okay ish yes. and doesn't need them that much. So, like, Dean has no real purpose to stay alive, whereas here, he feels that he is needed by his family, even though Azazel just told him that he needs his family more than they need him. Oof. Aww. But I also like the idea that, like, in Faith, he was terrified to die too, but he was just keeping it together for Sam. Like, that is also very ouchy. Um, oh, also, after... After the doctor says this, you like you zoom in on Sam's sad little eyes and do a pan around his yeah. face, and you and see again green. that his eyes Dude. aren't brown, and you close your eyes against the lies that the screen is telling you. <laughs> uh, so now you go to John's room, where he has like a broken arm, and he hands. John, or sorry, he hands Sam, okay, John hands Sam an insurance card uh, with the name Elroy McGillicuddy on it, and John says, and his two loving sons, and I say, die, I hate you so much, I hate you. <laughs> um, so he asks Sam after Dean, and Sam says, like, nothing, they're not gonna help. And then he says, like, I don't know, I'll find some hoodoo priest and lay some mojo on him. Uh, which, first off, boo. But second off, you know, is supposed to show that Sam's psychic powers yeah. are sort of working. Like, he was somehow able to hear what Dean said, and it went into his mind. Um, I don't know if this is a racism point for Sam, because we didn't give him misogyny points for saying bitch when quoting Dean. But also, like, he doesn't know he's quoting Dane right now. <laughs> I don't know. I I am compelled to say that, like, he's quoting. Oh, uh, be, yeah. because, like, there's the intentionality, right? That's of, true. The, uh, uh, the writers. What they're trying to do. Yeah. And there's the, like, what, what Sam is doing. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I guess I'll just uh, leave I think it. give him a point. Okay, yeah, alright. <laughs> alright, Sam also has a racism point. 
Ugh, we're doing real well. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, this season we get... <laughs> we get West Asian beauties, right? Or is that season three? I don't know. We'll see. I think that's season two. No, it's season two because oh, I, I don't want to spoil the episode. Oh, like, okay. I don't want to spoil which episode it is. Okay, so, I look forward to it. It is season two, it. though. Okay. Uh, so, John says, we'll look for someone. And then he says, but Sam, I don't know if we're going to find anyone. And Sam's hackles come up and he goes, why not? I found that faith healer before. And John says, yeah, but that was one in a million. And then Sam says, so what? Do we just sit here with our thumbs up our ass? Oh, I love Go Angry Sam. Sam. I love Angry Sam. I Yeah, like you said, like this episode reminds us a lot of Faith, I suppose. And it's good to know that Sam hasn't changed in how adamant he is about keeping Dean alive. And uh, I guess the only change is that before he was leaving John a nice voicemail and now he's yelling at him. Go, Sam! Yeah, also, I don't know if this is a place, but... Okay, like, you have... Did you notice in season one, right after Dean stands up to John in Dead Man's Blood, Sam, like, doesn't ever yell at John again? Why do you think it's that? Um, see... Where are you going with this? I guess, during season one, I was quite angry about this because I thought it was just the writer's deciding that the brothers always had to be foils and as soon as Dean gets a Sam trait, they yoink it away from Sam. But mm-hmm. now that, like, Dean's not able to communicate with John, but, like, still angry with John as a ghost, and Sam is here and he is still being angry, I guess the way that I'm viewing it is that growing up, Sam always knew that there was something wrong with the way that they were being brought up, and he knew that someone had to, like, keep everyone sane and, like, make sure everyone knew, like, hey, this is fucked up, and, like, try to get John to change. But he didn't like doing it that much. So as soon as Dean decides to stand up to John at the end of season one, Sam goes, oh, phew, like, I don't have to do this anymore. Like, someone else yeah. can take over for me. Um, But now that Dean's out of the picture, Sam, like, has to be the defender of good parent relationships again. So, John says, no, I said we'd look, alright? I'll check under every stone. And, like, he doesn't, though, right? He doesn't. He decided on one stone. He he already knew what he was gonna do, even here. Right, because, like, I'll check under every stone, like, oh, so you're gonna call Bobby to look through his books? You're gonna call Missouri? You're gonna reach out to a network of people and also, like, ask around for, like, human doctors who have specialized, like, training in brain trauma? No? No, you're not gonna do any of that, John? You're just gonna make out with Azazel? Alright, buddy! You do you! (laughs) Later on, Sam says that it's the same obsession. Mm -hmm. And it's... I feel like that rings true to to this scene where it's like... Let's look at every stone. But mm-hmm. like to John, the only stone that he should look at is the one related to the demon. Because yeah. like pretty much half of his life at this point mm-hmm. is just demon, 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 demon. So yeah. it, like it's the only thing that he knows and it's on his mind like constantly. So mm-hmm. of course it's the first instinct that's gonna 
come yeah. up to him, you know. And the fact that he just settled with it and he accepted that this mm. is what it is, I feel like speaks to that obsession in a yeah. way, you know. So right after that, John asks Sam, "Where's the cult?" And Sam goes, "Your son is dying, and you're worried about the cult." Go, Sam. Go, this Sam. Is... Sucking your dick. When, when he said, <laughs> when he said, where's the cold? I paused and then I started crying. Oh. And then I messaged you like, I'm crying for real, not clickbait. <laughs> because I don't know. It, it like, it got to me. Like, I, I know what's going to happen this episode, right? Mm-hmm. But still, like, looking, I guess at this point, I'm looking at it from Sam's perspective specifically. Yeah. You know, your your brother is dying. Mm-hmm. Then you hear your dad say, like, oh, how about, what about the weapon? What about the cult? Like, of course you're gonna get mad. Yeah. And so when I press play and Sam's scoffing and angry, I'm like, go Sam, while wiping my tears. Yeah. Oh, so good. And John says, we're hunting this demon and maybe it's hunting us too. That gun may be our only card. Oh, I'm so sick of you, John. Shut up. He's gonna die at the end of this episode. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, so uh, it turns out that it was in the Impala's trunk. So John sends Sam off to go get the Impala and clean out the trunk. And Sam says that he already called Bobby, who's gonna tow the Impala back to his place. Yeah, so John sends Sam out to do that. Ah, uh, he says, you get that cult and you bring it back to me. And he gives Sam a list of things that he needs, presumably for protection against demons. And then Sam asks, the demon said he had plans for me and children like me. Do you have any idea what he meant by that? And John says no. What a random ass question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or like maybe the concept is because John got possessed by yellow eyes. Like their memories intermingled. So like he should know because now he knows what Azazel knows. Yeah. Azazel. I don't fucking know. I always mispronounce his name. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Like their memories should be the same. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's because of that, but uh, the way it was introduced this episode, it felt very jarring. Like, when he asked that, I was like, oh, why are you asking that? <laughs> what a weird thing to ask. Like, you literally just said that Dean is dying and you're worried Your about Your brother this. is dying and you're worried about children and other children like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they're just setting up the psychic Sam plot line better. Like, that's why they have Dean go, you're the psychic, can't you talk to ghosts? Because I feel like before, Dean would just be like, we're bestie brothers, why can't you hear me? (laughs) 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 Well, it's okay. In the future, he's gonna have a bestie who can hear him. So, go Dean. You'll get what you wish for. And I'll get what I wish for on my screen, too. So, John says, no, I don't. And Sam leaves. Um, John is still looking real suspicious, and Dean's looking at John. He goes, well, you sure know something. And I was thinking about how in the last episode, he told Azazel, I know my father better than anyone. Like, he does. Ah. 
So Sam shows up in the place where the Impala has been towed. And he goes, oh man, Dean is gonna be pissed. And then we go over and see the Impala, which is like, like, <laughs> how did they even fix this? Like, this heap of tedious, this fucking car. Yeah. Like, everything, like, every component is different, but they still call it baby for some reason. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, the car is fucking wrecked. And Bobby says that, you know, we should just empty the trunk and sell the parts for scraps. And through this, like, both him and Sam are checking out the car. Like, mm-hmm. Sam takes out his chunky-ass laptop. <laughs> and it, like, it it's literally so... separates in his hands. <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, well, that's kind of funny. I, no, see, okay, how I felt is I know some people when they saw Baby Wrecked felt devastated. I felt nothing. Sam pulled out his gay little laptop with its gay little laptop stickers and it separated his hands. And I literally was like on the brink of tears. I was like, no, (laughs) not the laptop. How's Sam going to laptop it up without his laptop? Literally the most tragic death in all of Supernatural. I will never get over it. R.I.P. Sam's laptop from season one. You will be missed. But Sam says that, like, oh, if we sell this thing for scraps, Dean would be pissed when he wakes up. Like, Dean would kill me. Bobby insists that, you know, everything is destroyed. He pick- he unlocks the trunk, and then, like, it falls apart. And uh, there's nothing to salvage, basically. And mm-hmm. Sam says, listen to me, Bobby. If there's only one working part, that's enough. We're not just gonna give up on... And then he, like, stops. Yeah. And then Bobby goes, okay. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And Eric Kripke jumps out into the frame and goes, do you get it? The Impala is Dean's body. Do you get it? Do you understand (laughs) my subtle writing? (laughs) Anyway, Sam hands Bobby the list John gave him. And Bobby looks at it and asks for what it is. And Sam says, like, oh, Dad says it's for protection from the demon. And Bobby starts acting suspicious. So Sam is like, oh, what is it? And Bobby's like, no, 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 it's nothing. And then Sam is like, what is going on Yeah. to Bobby? And I, uh, I thought to myself here, like, what if Bobby just, like, didn't tell Sam? Like, what if he just figured out, like, oh, I, John is selling his soul. I would not it's tell fine. Sam. I literally wouldn't. I'd be like, well, it's Dean or John, and I like Dean better. Yeah. <laughs> literally. And you don't even like Dean, so... Like, I, I want Bobby to be like, well, he's selling his soul. It's none of my fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Bobby. But alas, that's not what happened. Yeah, sad. I mean, I guess I'm glad that he told Sam so that Sam would be, like, more prepared for this. But I guess since Sam interpreted it as John summoning Azazel to kill him, like, it actually is causing Sam to do more things that he regrets. Ugh. So, we cut to Dean's room, uh, where John is sitting and Dean starts monologuing at him oh man I feel like you should have taken the scene because it should be taken by someone who cares about Dean 
Oh no! You care about Dean a little bit. Okay. You have you have to. Okay. You're watching the Dean show. Um, <laughs> I'm watching the Cass and Eileen show with occasional Sam and Jack. So Dean so goes, true. "Come on, Dad! You've got to help me. I've got to get better. I've got to get back in there. I mean, you haven't called a soul for help. You haven't even tried. Aren't you going to do anything?" Aren't you even going to say anything? Girl, he can't see you. <laughs> no, but like, Sam, like, talked yeah. to him, you know? I know. And John literally just sat there. Yeah, looking all morose. And he goes, I've done everything you've ever asked me. Everything. I have given everything I've ever had. And you're just going to sit there and you're going to watch me die? I mean, what the hell kind of father are you? I remember that, uh, like, a few weeks ago, the original script for this episode came out, and I think that yeah. in and that one... Yeah, and he says, like, why can't I say it to you like when, when you, you can, can hear have... it? Yeah. So, yeah. You're right that he is a lot more uninhibited. Now he can just say whatever he wants. Yeah. I think uh, that script actually influenced a lot of how I read Dean this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, what I said earlier about him, like, what having wanted to live in faith as well, just he couldn't express it the same way he can here because nobody can see him. Yeah. Like, you know, the line that, like, I can't say this to you if we were, if I was, like, actually dying while alive. Mm-hmm. Like, in like dying in my body while yeah. I'm still there. And, like, I feel like, it would have been the same scenario with Sam. Like, he 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 wouldn't be able to demand Sam to keep him alive because yeah. he thinks. Well, who knows what he thinks? He's a fucked up little man. <laughs> uh, then he hears the sound in the hallway, and he goes out, and there's a spirit whooshing around. Uh, John didn't see it, so Dean follows it down the hallway, and he sees that there's a woman on the floor choking to death, yelling help because she can't breathe. Uh, Dean tries to wave like a nurse and doctor over but they can't hear him or the woman and then the woman dies. F. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? My only note for this scene is another blonde woman in Supernatural. No, I, I wrote, he's literally a fucking boy toy. <laughs> I don't even know why I wrote it. <laughs> I think it's him running around. Like, his little whenever he gets a full body shot. Yeah, like he we get a full body shot and we get his like bare feet. And he's like, just a little, little Kendall running around. <laughs> yeah. Sam comes in. To John's room and Dean is shouting at him that there's you know something haunting the hospital and that he should bring Dean back so they can hunt it you know together. Sam though doesn't hear this obviously and is very quiet and John like says like oh you're quiet. Sam turns around and he is so angry you can see it in his face. Mm-hmm. He says, you think I wouldn't find out that the stuff from Bobby is not for protection from a demon, but to summon one? You're planning to bring the demon here for some stupid macho showdown? Go, Sam! <laughs> Go, Sam! 
go, Sam. John says, like, in response, like, I have a plan, Sam. And Sam, fully shouting. He is literally fully shouting. In the middle of this fucking hospital without any doors, apparently. <laughs> because they needed Dean to walk around freely at the beginning. So they couldn't have any doors. So everything is open. The entire floor can hear them. He shouts, That's exactly my point. Your son is dying and you have a plan. You care more about killing this demon than saving your own son. And in the background, Dean is, you know, saying, Don't do this. Don't do this. Like, stop fighting. Oh, like, Dean, you just said, like, those same sentences to John, like, like two minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. John shouts, like, do not tell me how I feel. I'm doing this for Dean. Sam says, how? How is revenge gonna help? You're not thinking about anything but yourself. And he says the line, it's the same selfish obsession. Then Dean in the background is still going, like, come on, guys, don't do this. (laughs) I'm a little boy. I'm a little death day boy. I mean, they're building up to something. That's why he's, like, interrupting a lot. But... Like, when you write it down in your notes, it's, like, just kind of funny. Like, John and Sam are having this super intense fight. And Dean in the background is just petulantly going, Stop it! (laughs) Stop it! (laughs) John shouts. Oh, my God. John. John shouts. This was your obsession, too. This demon killed your mother. Killed your girlfriend. You begged to be a part of this hunt. If you killed that damn thing when you had the chance, none of this would have happened. And Sam says, like, it was possessing you, Dad. I would have killed you. And John says, and Dean would be awake right now. <laughs> uh, I, oh, God, how shitty is it to be blaming Sam for this? Like, I get that you're all in, like, really stressed out emotional states, but, like, come on, dude. Like, Sam probably already feels like shit for this whole situation. Like, he, like, gave up revenge to preserve his family, and now his family is so fucked. But, like, God, it's so rude. Also, secondly, like, it wasn't Azazel driving that truck. I feel like if they'd killed Azazel, the other demons would be even more down to hit them with a truck. So, like, Dean is again in the background going, Shut up, both of you. As Sam says, Go, go to, to hell. hell. Well, and he does. Sam. So, like, go, Sam. You did it. <laughs> I know. You did it, Sam. I know it will make you so fucking miserable. I mean, does it? I think he was, like, fine about John going to hell. <laughs> I don't think he was that bothered. <laughs> he seemed upset uh, when he found his body. He was like, uh. <laughs> Alright, he's in hell. Can we go to McDonald's now? <laughs> this could have been an email. D- John continues on that uh, he should have never taken Sam along in the first place. He says, I knew it was a mistake. And then at this point, Dean gets bent up. Mm-hmm. And shouts, I said, shut up! And fucking, like, swings his arms. Mm-hmm. And as he does, he accidentally hits the glass on the hospital table. And yep. it flings towards the floor and, you know, smashes yep. into pieces. Yeah, This shuts Sam and John up. And 
Dean goes like, dude, I fool on Swayze, that mother. It's so <laughs> funny that they can't say motherfucker, and instead of, like, saying anything else, like, he could have just said, I fool on Swayze, that bitch, but I guess water is male, so he couldn't have. But, yeah. Okay, so about this scene, right, it's very big in the Sam circles, because, right, like, John thinks that Sam did this. Like, he thinks that little psychic boy has psychics this glass to the ground and then like like an hour later he's telling Dean to kill Sam and like it's probably because of this scene like not entirely but mm. it's definitely part of it and like do you th- do you think Sam Sam probably also thinks that he did this right I don't know mm. I guess like I didn't really think about it like when you said that like this scene is famous in Sam circles I was like why <laughs> God, I have to do all the work on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, according to our uh, poll that nine people answered earlier, uh, most of our fans are Dean fans. So uh, I'm actually doing all the work for that fun. Which is why my work is more important. I'm standing up for the oppressed minority of Sam girls. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think I think Sam also thinks that he did this. So like both of them are quite scared of Sam right now. Um, which I is... think it makes sense that like Sam would think and John would think that Sam did this because uh. Sam only starts to believe that Dean is around, like, a little bit later on. Like, prior to that, he didn't really think about it Mm -hmm. as a possibility. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Man. Right, because this is, like, John has just blamed Sam for, like, not killing Azazel, for causing Dean to die or whatever. And then, like, Sam's like, oh... Here are my psychic powers that Azazel gave me, showing once more that I'm a monster who hurts my family. Yay! Yeah. I guess I'm wondering, because later Azazel tells John, like, Sam's not a threat, you know what he is, right? So I feel like, do you think both John and Sam are thinking now, like, maybe Sam didn't kill Azazel and John because Sam's connection to Azazel means that part of him didn't want to kill Azazel. Oh. Interesting. Mm. I I was wondering about that line too. I guess we'll get into it when we get into it. Yeah. Later. Yeah, yeah. Just Dean shouldn't have broken that glass. It is not good for the Sam-John relationship. (laughs) Dean, how could you do that? How could you? You're so mean, Dean. <laughs> Dean starts collapsing and flickering. Mm-hmm. And then we see nurses running down the hall. And John, like, tells Sam to go see what's going on. Right. The fact that John doesn't even get out of bed for this. Like, <laughs> if Dean hadn't grabbed the Reaper, like, Dean would be dead. And John would have, like, been like, oh, Sammy, are you back from your errand yet? Oh, you watched Dean die? Whoops. They go down the hall, and we're in Dean's room, and he is super dying. Uh, they're, like, trying to... What are they called? Defibrillators? 
They're yes. like, yeah, they're like putting defibrillators on his bare chest. Is this fans? <laughs> He's literally dying. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> So yeah, they're trying to... I was like, where are the scratches? Where are the sexy, sexy scratches on his body? Yeah, exactly. Like, how did they just heal? Like, we saw them, like, go across his chest, but they're gone. Okay, so uh, they're, like, trying to resuscitate him. Um, And Sam's standing in the doorway, like, tearing up, whispering no. Uh, And they keep trying, and there's no pulse. Um... And then Dean shows up, and he sees the spirit from earlier floating over his body, and he yells at it, get the hell away from me. I said, get back. Um, Sam seems to have heard something at Dean's statement. Uh, and then Dean grabs the spirit, and it, like, throws him out of the room and flies away. And Dean's pulse is back. Sam is sighing in relief. And Dean tells Sam, Don't worry, Sammy. I'm not going anywhere. I'm getting that thing before it gets me. It's some kind of spirit, but I could grab it. And if I can grab it, I can, I can kill, kill it. it. I loved this scene. Uh-huh. Because of the camera work. Like, it's a one... It's a long shot. Mm. Uh, is that what you call it? It's like... It's just one shot, yeah, like and like the entire continuous thing. Continuous shot, the correct. Yeah, word, I think I I have no fucking idea. Okay. Who is, what is film? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but uh, like it's just one like continuous motion, like b- because of the 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 plot of the episode, which is that Dean is a ghost mm-hmm. basically. Like they they get to play around a lot with how he appears and disappears in different yeah. scenes. So, like, it's this one specifically and the Ouija board scene mm. that I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I like that. That's entertaining to watch. Yeah. Uh, so, Dean's going around the halls and then he hears a woman yelling, can't you see me? Why won't you look at me? Somebody talk to me. Say something, please. And uh, Dean realizes that she can see him and he seems to be the only one who can see her. So she introduces herself as Tessa. Tessa! She asks, what's happening to me? Am I dead? And Dean says, that sort of depends. Tessa and Dean go in front of Tessa's hospital room. And they're watching as her monitors beep by. Mm -hmm. She says that she just came in for an appendectomy. You know, Dean, Dean like kind of trying to break the ice I guess and he's like hate to break it to you but I think something went wrong (laughs) and she like faces around a bit and says like oh this must just be an incredibly weird dream an incredibly weird vivid dream and Dean Dean says like it's not it's an out of body experience and Tessa asks like what are you some kind of new agey guy and then Dean explains that out-of-body experiences are actually very uh, it's actually a very old idea called in different names in different cultures so like bilocation crisis apparition fetches my question is like do you do you have this in like your um just have you encountered like this concept before um not that no not that i can think of but again i'm not that connected to chinese culture yeah 
in the Philippines, there is a concept called sundo. And the the English of that is literally fetch. Oh, and Dean said fetch. I was like, huh. Is 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 this what's happening? The concept is like, um, you know, an old relative who died mm. is going to approach you when you die, mm. and is gonna guide you towards the light, basically. That's nice. So he explains that you know, spirits of people close to death is you know what what's happening to them. So Tess asks, "Oh, so we're close to that? We're gonna die?" And Dean says, "No." Not if we hold on. We can get better. We can get back in there and wake up. Sure, bud. You're literally a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think the one question I have about Tessa, the situation. Um, what do people in hospital beds who just had a complication from surgery wear? Because, like, her, like, very unbuttoned blouse just feels like a director of misogyny. It's... What people usually wear is a lab... uh, Not a lab gown. A hospital hospital gown. gown, Yeah, right? right? The one with your ass out. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, obviously they can't have an ass out scenario in in this situation, so... Right, so it's just a tits out scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now we are back in John's room, and Sam is telling him that he felt a presence that felt like Dean there, like maybe his spirit is still around, and John says, well, yeah, that's possible, anything's possible, and Sam heads out because he says he's gonna find out if Dean's there by picking something up, and then before he goes, John says, wait, Sam... I promise I won't hunt this demon. Not until we know Dean's okay. Okay. <laughs> and Sam leaves. Uh, Dean tells Tessa, I gotta say, I'm impressed with you. Most people in your spot would be jello right now, but you're taking this pretty well. Maybe a little better than me. And Tessa says, like, yeah, I'm, like, dealing with it. And Dean asks if she's okay with dying. And she says, no, of course not. I just think whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. It's out of my control. It's fate. And Dean says, Well, that's crap. You always have a choice. You can either roll over and die, or you can keep fighting no matter what. He's literally victim blaming people for dying right now. (laughs) 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 Uh, Real men don't roll over and die. They keep fighting no matter what. Like, I get that you're projecting, but it's so funny. It, it's quite funny because, like, the whole concept of, like, uh, people, like, fighting to live. Yeah. It's like, you know, you hear that a uh-huh. lot, right? Like, when someone has, like, you know, uh, uh, an illness that's, like, causing death and they're mm-hmm. like, just fight. <laughs> and it's like, man. But also, this made me think about my relationship with the concept of fate. Mm-hmm. F-A-T-E. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am so against it. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, I think Supernatural has a big part <laughs> of that philosophy of mine. Like, it's embarrassing to admit that, like, a TV show has made me, has cemented one of my main beliefs in life. Not but, a like, TV I think show, just Supernatural true. is embarrassing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Name one TV show that will, will like 
influence your belief in like soulmates and fate and etc <laughs> and like would be reasonable uh i don't i haven't watched russian doll but i hear that that's good oh yeah it's fucking good <laughs> you're right <laughs> No, but like, yeah, I am so against the concept of, mm-hmm. like, not against as in I don't believe it's a thing. Just against as in, if it's a thing, then it's a thing that I hate, you know? Mm-hmm. So, very, very supernatural core. Yes. <laughs> Life is not, is out of my control because there's a higher being that is writing my story. Mm-hmm. But I hate it. I hate that concept. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna roll over and accept it. So, yeah. I, I, I think I purely got that from Supernatural and the realization has scared me, <laughs> has shut me to my core. Okay, the thing about the scene, right? Later on when we find out that Tess is a reaper, Dean goes like, Ugh, I should have known. You were way too chill about dying. So I guess we were supposed to pick up that she was being weird this scene, but I did not pick any of that up because I watched Andrea in Dead in the Water watch her dad admit to murder and then kill himself and then her son almost die and the next day be totally fine with full makeup and make Sam and Dean sandwiches. Like, if you wanted me to, like, pick up on this being weird, you should have written realistic women before this. Did you not know that Tessa was a reaper? I did know that Tessa was a reaper, but I didn't think she was being weird in this scene, you know? Like, I was, like, oh, like yeah. a random, like, real woman on Supernatural would say all of this, too. So, um, we get the announcement over the intercom about how Dr. Kripke has to go to room 237. Dean runs off to another room, and there's a woman in there who is dying, and we zoom in on her face, and I go, Is she Asian? She is. <laughs> Hashtag representation. A literal dying child. A literal dying child. So the spirit is reaching down into her face and Dean tries to get her the spirit away. Uh, but it's too late and Supernatural just killed another Asian. <laughs> One of the nurses says, at least she's not suffering anymore. And Dean looks real upset about the situation. The, the fact that we're supposed to, like, listen to this nurse say, at least she's not in pain anymore and feel like, I don't know, like... Like the nurse is wrong. We're supposed to feel contempt, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, we're supposed to feel contempt. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe it was okay. Oh. <laughs> uh. Death is in the natural order, you guys. Yeah. Right. I guess just Supernatural just absolutely hates the idea that anyone could die ever. Which is why they bring Seventeen back so much. I mean, like, they're like, dying is bad until it is good and then it's really good. <laughs> right, right. Dying is bad until we fix heaven and then it's a total party up here, guys. Get over here. It's so great. We're gonna kill the entire band of Kansas so they can play <laughs> Carry On My Wayward Son for a giant rave up in the clouds. So, we're back to Sam who enters Dean's room and he's carrying a paper bag mm-hmm. and he says like, hey, 
I think you might be around. And if you are, you'll make fun of me for this. But there's one way we can talk. And he brings out a A Ouija Ouija board. board. And Dean goes like, oh, great. You gotta be fucking kidding me. And then Sam sits on the floor of of, of the hospital room. (laughs) Unsanitary. Well, okay, my question here is he brings it in in a brown paper bag, right? Did he, like, just buy this? Did he go walk out to a nearby store? He literally just bought, bought a Ouija board. <laughs> what a king. He literally just He couldn't just even drive. This. He had to, like, walk to the store. He probably had to try <laughs> multiple stores. Being like, um, hey, my brother's dying in the hospital. Can I have a Ouija board, please? So Sam sits on the floor and he lays out the board and he asks Dean if Dean is around. God, like my notes literally says he asks if Dean is around. What? <laughs> it's there's literally a foot in this scene. <laughs> And it's, a, it's dirty feet, too. Like, his feet are dirty. Well, because he's been walking around yeah. barefoot in the hospital. So like, Yeah, this is the worst thing they ever did to jackals. The bees mean nothing. <laughs> Dean lays his hand on the, um, on the, like, piece that moves around the board. Mm. And it slowly moves to yes. Mm-hmm. And even Dean is surprised that it worked at all. Yeah. And Sam, Sam is so happy. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, thank fucking god you're here. It's been different without you, all that. Mm. And then Dean starts to spell the word hunt. And like I said, the camera work here is very fun. Yes. Uh, as It's like spinning in a circle, kind of. Mm. And... Every once in a while, Dean, like, reappears and disappears. So Sam asks if Dean is hunting something in the hospital. And Dean says, yes. And Sam asks if Dean knows what it is. To which Dean spells out, Reaper. Sam asks if it's after Dean. And the piece moves to, yes. And Sam looks really sad yeah he's really sad he concludes that if it is after dean and it's after dean naturally then there's nothing they can do about it but then he backtracks and then he goes dad will know what to do there's gotta be a way so he goes to john's room and he finds that the bed is empty yeah oh also when sam says that dean replies yeah you can't kill death don't they do that in the season 10 finale they literally do. I mean, like, they kill death, and then they kill death again. Yeah. And, and then, then they, they kill death three times. Mm-hmm. Turns out you can kill death. Yep. So, we go to the boiler room, where John is. Boil him! Boil him! <laughs> Boil him! God, I this is probably not relevant, but, like, whenever there's a boiler room in a show, I think about, like, a stand-up bit... That I heard about, like, this gym where, like, after everyone goes to the gym, like, all the hot gay guys go into the boiler room to jerk each other off. So, like, that is what boiler rooms are to me now. So I was like, oh, this is where John and Azazel go to jerk each other off. (laughs) 
he goes into the boiler room with a big bag and he pulls out some chalk and starts drawing on the floor. Meanwhile, in Dean's room, Sam comes in with John's journal. Um, and I don't know, I think it's so good that Sam went in, saw that John was gone, and was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He literally was like, whatever. Like, I I don't have time for this. My brother is dying. Like, Like, who the fuck give a shit? Do you think that he thought that John was going off to summon Azazel because he would have noticed that the bag was gone, right? Or do you think that he believed John when he promised that he wasn't going to hunt Azazel? No, he for sure. Yeah. Because later on, he confronts John, right? Right. Like, did you go out last night? (laughs) So he he definitely thought that John was out and about trying to hunt down the fucking demon. Yeah, so I don't know. I just love that Sam, like, was like, okay, John's going to do this revenge thing that I used to be really into, and I don't give a shit. Like, bye, go die, I don't care. Yeah, so he comes back with John's journal, and he says maybe there's something here. So they go through it, and the only thing I'm thinking when we're looking at the journal is remember yes, when, when Cass, Cass says it's good handwriting. handwriting. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's not. It's literally not true. Cass was literally just saying that to like get into Dean's good graces. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. John writes in like all caps, but the capital letters are larger caps, and I hate when people write like that because it's so hard to read. So Dean says, thanks for not giving up on me, Sammy. And then Sam turns to a page that says Reapers. And it has little cutout scrapbook images of, like, skull people. (laughs) Like John sitting in bed kicking his legs off. Yeah. Literally, you know Trolls, the movie? Um, I haven't watched it, but yes. Like, they have this, they have, like, extended bits where, like, Poppy, the main character, would do uh, scrapbooks. And that was literally the only thing on my mind. I was like, John as Poppy from <laughs> Trolls, the movie. Yeah. Um, and Dean reads something that makes him really upset. I paused the screen so I could go back and try to decipher John's awful handwriting to see what made Dean so upset. But, like, I don't see it. Like, I don't know what clued him in. But he reads yeah. something. Well, basically, he tells Tessa that it's the fact that mm-hmm. uh, Reapers can change shapes. Yes. Like, they don't always look like how they usually look like. Mm-hmm. So... The Reaper last time was goth. Yes. (laughs) We have established this. And uh, the Reaper this time was having, like, a bit of a freaky moment. You know, be, be like, a weird spirit. Yeah. Who fucking cares? Yeah. And then became transgender, so. So, hashtag transfeminine moments. Yeah. Okay, because when Dean reads that, he says, son of a bitch, which means that he's now gendering Tessa as male? Like, now that he knows that she's a reaper, like, uh, transphobia moments from Dean, truly. (laughs) Right, because it's like, he also calls, like, demons as a whole son of a bitch, but he first called mega bitch. Like, he just seems to, like, be gendering. Think that supernatural beings are 
our our male, or maybe he's again using this Spanish, yeah. uh, you know, grammar usage mm-hmm. of like the general idea is always masculine, right? So. Right? Yeah. So he goes down the hallway and sees Tessa on the edge of a bed, and she's out of her highly unbuttoned blouse now, and she's in a in a low neckline black dress now. Oh, I hate the costume designers on Supernatural so much. I hate them. I do think it's fun that she was like, oh, I hear Dean figured it out. Outfit change time, baby. (laughs) So Tessa goes, hi, Dean. And he says, you know, you read the most interesting things. For example, did you know that Reapers can alter human perception? I sure didn't. Basically, they can make themselves appear however they want. Like, say, uh, a pretty girl. <laughs> you are much prettier than the last Reaper I met. <laughs> he's so, okay. I know what he's upset about, but he literally says, like, always take a girl swimming on the first date because they might be a fugly-ass <laughs> Reaper underneath all that makeup. <laughs> False advertising, bro. <laughs> I still don't. I still don't get like how he came to the conclusion that oh, reapers can change shape. Therefore, Tessa is a reaper. Right. Like we're supposed to think that it was just because she was too chill about being dead. Like Dean, you were in dead of the water. You were there. You saw Andrea. So yeah, like okay, and this is even funnier in the context that in the original script, doesn't he kind of proposition Tessa? I, I, I didn't I guess I didn't read that part. Okay, well oh uh, I mean he basically does the like last night on earth move on her. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right. So this is literally like always take a girl swimming on the first day. Yeah, he says, I should have known that whole accepting fate rap of yours is far too laid back for a dead chick. Okay, Dean. Well he doesn't say chick. He says girl. But the transcript says chick, oh. like, and the caption says chick, and I'm like, huh. why? Why are you trying to give Dean a misogyny point, you guys? They're on my he, side. He already has enough. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I guess, okay, so yeah, it's far too laid back for a dead girl. Um, and he, and then it turns out that Tessa, like, made him see the body and her mom there. Um, and he says, what? Is this, like, a turn-on for you? What? Toying with me? What a fucking weirdo. Imagine if he'd said this to the Faith Reaper. Like, (laughs) I mean, I can see him doing it. That's true. I can see him doing it. It's like trying to kill him. He's like, what? Is this a turn-on for you? Hashtag bi representation. So, Tessa says, you didn't give me much choice. You saw my true form and you flipped out. Kind of hurts a girl's feelings. Which is a weird fucking line. Right? Yeah. Like, that's a Meg line. Like, that's not a Reaper line. Like, a Reaper is a timeless being. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, they've probably... Like, according to the lore... <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Sandwich as their core. But, uh, like... As far as I know, they're, like, almost angelic status, right? Right. They've been around before God or since God or however that works. 
why why did you think it was a weird line? Um, yeah, like again, it's too modern and well kinda hurts the girl's feelings. Like that's a flirty line, right? Like that's like a Right, like that's that's the point. The point is that she's being like weird and flirty. And again, like, imagine them, like, having the Reaper and Faith be like, you're running away from me, Dean? That kind of hurts a boy's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, they, like, the, me. like, they took me. <laughs> Dean, you're running away from me, a person who is trying to murder you. That kind of hurts a boy's feelings, Dean. <laughs> right, so... Yeah, like, they took a reaper, they were like, okay, she's gonna be played by a young woman, let's immediately, like, make her flirty and emphasize her gender and her attractiveness, like, it's just, it just, yeah, it's just writer misogyny, I guess that's why I thought it was weird. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was left over from what you said earlier, that, like, Tessa was basically propositioned for a while. yeah. By Dean. And also he calls her like a pretty girl. Like like yeah. you turn into a pretty girl to trick me. Like <laughs> 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 sounds bad. Yeah. Sounds absolutely horrendous. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> right. So she says, This was the only way I could get you to talk to me. So true, Tessa. Dean will literally chop anything to talk to a pretty girl. Dean goes, okay, fine, we're talking. What the hell do you want to talk about? And Tessa goes, how death is nothing to fear. It's your time to go, Dean, and you're living on borrowed time already. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so we go back to John, still in the boiler room. And he's um, doing a ritual, so he's slicing his palm open. He's lighting a match and dropping it into, like, a little pot. He's reciting something. And when the ritual is done, he stands up and he looks around. And it's very tense for a little while. And then a guy comes in and grabs his shoulder and asks him, like, what are you doing in here? And John acts defensive and the guy says, uh, explain to security. When when the guy starts to walk away, John pulls out the colt and says, How stupid do you think I am? And the person's eyes turn yellow. Ooh. And he says, You really want an honest answer to that? And the way he says it is very flirtatious. <laughs> <laughs> I literally... Literally John Zazel true thing. Yeah. And like John has like a little smile on his face, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. I mean if you chase someone for like how many fucking years? Twenty-three. Yeah. There's gonna be some psychos psychosexual obsession there. Oh, absolutely. Right? He's definitely had some weird dreams that he didn't want to tell anyone about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, like, I mean, first he definitely recognized him just because it's, like, a weird coincidence that he showed up at the end of the ritual. But I guess, like, I also like the idea that, like, however briefly you're possessed by someone, like, you, the vessel, can still recognize them somehow because they left part of them behind in you. So two other demons walk in and go behind John. And then Yellow Eye says, like, you surprised me, John. I took you for a lot of things, but suicidally reckless wasn't one of them. John says, I can always shoot you. <laughs> this 
<laughs> it's so laden with something. It's laden with something. Oh, Zazel, I just want to shoot my big load into you. <laughs> no! <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Azazel says, uh, you can always miss. Uh, you, you only have one bullet left. John puts down his gun and says, I don't want to shoot you. I want to make a deal. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I still wish that I hadn't known about this because I feel like that would have been a very fun reveal for me, especially if I was like fully on Sam's side. I'm still on Sam's side the whole episode, but yeah. Sam is in Dean's hospital room, but... Like, Ghostine isn't there. Um, and he says, I couldn't find anything in the book. I don't know how to help you, but I'll keep trying, alright? As long as you keep fighting. I mean, come on, you can't leave me here alone with Dad. We'll kill each other, you know that. Um, and then he says, Aww. Yeah, Dean, you gotta hold on. You can't go, man, not now. We were just starting to be brothers again. We just starting to become brothers again? <laughs> no! Uh, no! Uh, I feel like at this point, like, what Sam and Dean want is, like, not completely disjoint, right? Like, Dean wants Sam to be his brother and, like, go hunting with him forever. Sam doesn't want that, but he does want Dean to be, like... Uh, like solid and constant part of his life like they could have like worked something out ah okay so we're back to dean and tessa and he says look i'm sure you've heard this before but you've got to make an exception you've got to cut me a break like does he think this is gonna work like he doesn't right like he knows it won't i mean the way tessa said like stage three bargaining means that this is like a common occurrence yeah but also it's so funny to me like that this like ancient being knows about modern psychology and applies it to her work (laughs) yeah i mean i guess if she is on earth during like all the times that people are dying she probably sees people going through grief a lot during like the brief moments that she yanks people out so yeah but yeah no it's fun um, yeah, so Dean's doing his I'm a little birthday boy routine. He says, my family's in danger. See, we're kind of in the middle of this, um, war, and they need me. Um, and she tells him, the fight's over. He says, no, it isn't. And she says, it is for you. She says, Dean, you're not the first soldier I've plucked from the field. They all feel the same. They can't leave. Victory hangs in the balance but they're wrong. The battle goes on without them. And Dean says, like, Sam could die without me. And the Reaper says, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Nothing you can do about it. And then she says, it's an honorable death, a warrior's death. And and then, and then, and, 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 and then Dean says a line. <laughs> okay, so, okay, wait, Gray, you know what he's referencing with the 72 virgins, right? I mean, yes, but go on. Yeah, so, okay, should we... Okay, yeah, so briefly covering that. Okay, so, um, the 72 virgins, okay, it's... 
Okay, within the actual Quran, there's, like, a line about how in heaven everyone will have, like, a purified spouse, but there's nothing really more specific in that than that. Then in, like, several hadiths, there um, are, like, stuff that, I guess, are about, like, oh, like, every man when he goes to- every, like, devout man when he goes to heaven will, like, have 72 virgins. But, uh, I guess the thing about that is first there's, like, a lot of, like, pretty concrete scholarship, um, claiming that that's a mistranslation because Arabic was still a developing language at the time. Like, it's possible that it was actually, like, white grapes, um, like, could have also been the translation of that, um, especially because in a lot of poetry and stuff they're likened to pearls and other precious things, um, and then, like, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, I, I am not a scholar of any sort, so I cannot evaluate any of that. But I guess the point here is that that line really only came into prominence in the Western consciousness after 9-11 and is usually just brought up to show, like, oh, like, Islam is such a barbaric, like, religion, like, no wonder everyone's, like, suicide bombing if, like, they're, like, promised this thing, blah, 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 blah. So, like, and it especially, like, especially in, like, season two of Supernatural in 2006, like, yeah, it's just, I think, like, basically anyone in the U.S. who brings it up and isn't, like, a scholar or a Muslim, like, is probably doing it to be Islamophobic in some way. And, like, I think even, like, casual jokes about it, the way Dean is doing it, is, like, normalizing, like, people's, like, negative perceptions of the religion. So it's just, it's just a shitty joke. I, is that a racism point? Because, I mean, I think Islamophobia, like, definitely overlaps with racism a lot because I feel like it is not a religion that would right. get... I mean, that, that that's, like, not even a conversation we should be having yeah. here. Like, that's just something that people should be aware yeah, of. Yeah, so, like, okay, um, I think I, I'm going to give Dean a racism point. We're at two already in the first episode. Um, so, after Dean says that line, he says... I'm not that into prude chicks anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this misogynistic? I, I mean, don't know I, I what don't, he's I doing don't fucking here. Know. He's just oh, being such what a is fucking he, weirdo. What is he even doing? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like this entire conversation and Tessa's reply. Like she, what, what did she, she reply? Replies, That's funny. You're very cute. What? Yeah, but he says it like sarcastically. Yeah, like, well, it's not clear whether she says it sarcastically. Yeah, or like she's like, you're very cute. Like, uh, it's okay. Like, fucking calm down, bro. <laughs> that entire exchange, I was just like, what, what is going on? What's happening here? <laughs> What am I watching on my screen? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not gonna give him a massage point. I'm just gonna give him the side eye. Right, and then he says, There's no such thing as an honorable death. My corpse is going to rot in the ground and my family is going to die. Okay, and he says, No, I'm not going with you. I don't care what you do. And then Tessa says, 
Well, like you said, there's always a choice. I can't make you come with me, but you're not getting back in your body. And she says you'll stay here for years, disembodied, scared. And over the decades, it'll probably drive you mad. Maybe you'll even get violent. And Dean asks, what are you saying? And she says, how do you think angry spirits are born? They can't let go, and they can't move on. And you're about to become one. The same thing you haunt. Dun dun dun! You know what I thought about that? What? I thought, isn't that what Dean becomes anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, he becomes angry. I mean, it's true. Like, he he does get scared. He does get violent. Like, the whole time I was like, is this, like, supposed to be, like... Because later on, in, in a future Reaper also episode, mm-hmm. we learn that when you when you like circumvent fate yeah to your bidding like to stay alive longer like you live a miserable life or somebody else dies in your place or right you know like something negative happens mm-hmm. and it's like is that what happened with Dean like he was supposed to die here right and then because it was circumvented in this unnatural way yeah he, he lived a yeah. miserable life. He became the angry <laughs> spirit in his body. I guess what I was also thinking is, I mean, this is presented as a bit of a reveal, right? Even though I feel like we kind of already know that that's how ghosts work. But I guess, were we just supposed to think that only like the really shitty people become bad ghosts and everyone else is super chill like why was this a big reveal i mean we were it was a, it is a big reveal because like the only reason why you know what you know about ghosts is because of like bobby what happens to bobby but, and like i mean i knew what you've probably read in fake but i knew you know? about like bloody mary right i'm like she died she didn't move on she was mad she died a horrible death that's true Okay, yeah, so, okay, that makes and sense. Then, and, like, we have, like, one person who was, like, good in life, and then, like... Oh, because Mary's, was like, a good totally chill, like Mary. cool ghost, right? Yeah. Like, Dean was like, I'm just gonna be like my mommy! <laughs> and Cecil's yeah. like, uh-uh. I'm gonna inherit her chill ghost vibes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess this reminded me of the reveal in season three that demons are just humans who went to hell right because we don't know that until later and that's also like a hey dean you're about to get dragged to hell by hellhounds guess what you're gonna become and then when dean like literally dies and literally becomes a demon in season 10 oh yeah so i guess dean just keeps almost becoming what they hunt by dying and sam by living is just what they hunt f to both of them (laughs) Okay, back to John and Azazel. Uh, Azazel asks him how he knows it's not a trick, uh, referring to the deal that they're about to make. Mm-hmm. And John says, well, it's I because I say it's not. And he lays out the terms for us, the viewer, which is that he's giving away the cult and the remaining bullet in exchange for Azazel bringing Dean back. So Azazel teaches teases John for being sentimental and he says like if only your boys knew how much their daddy loved them and then John insists it's a good trade because he cares about the gun more than he cares about Dean 
he being Azazel, not John. That would be. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So Azazel says, no, he killed people special to me. But you're right. He is not a treff. And so is your other son. And then we linger over John's face. Mm-hmm. And then Yellow Eye says, You know the truth, right? About Sammy and the other children? Mm-hmm. John says, Yes. I've known for a while. Boo. Okay. Yeah. Like, my thoughts regarding this was... The, the line, not a threat. Like, Sam being not a threat. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to interpret it. Like, when it was happening... Mm-hmm. I was trying to think. I, I find it interesting what you said that like there is the viewpoint which is that because uh, Azazel is responsible kind of for Sam's powers mm. uh, that Sam would feel a connection and that's why he won't be able to hurt Azazel. Right. Yeah. And also like yeah and also I think that I don't know he probably because John thinks that Sam is gonna go dark side any moment now basically right? Azazel probably also thinks, like, Sam's gonna go dark side any moment and join him. Yeah, that's... I was trying to formulate a thought, and basically it's that, like, Azazel probably thinks that Sam is going to be on his side eventually, so he's not a threat in that way, because he's his boy. Yeah, and Dean's not a threat because he's a loser. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's interesting to me that they still don't know... They still don't say Azazel's name. Yeah. When do we learn it? I have no fucking idea, but I'm sure this is Azazel. Like, a part of me is like, oh my god, what if this is not Azazel? <laughs> like, it's definitely it is. Him. It fucking is. Like, that's his vessel in the later him. scenes where it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I just want to bring up that, like, I, I will probably interchange, like, Azazel and Azazel. Mm. Because when I was younger, for some reason, I pronounced it that way. Yeah. The same way that I pronounced Castiel as Castiel when I was younger. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, I fully watch the show. I, like, listen to how the characters say it. And yet I was like, his name is literally Castiel. <laughs> that is my best friend, Castiel. So, uh, John pivots the conversation back to whether Yellow Eyes can bring Dean back. And he says, no, but I know someone who can. It's not going to be a problem. Okay, so John says, I will only hand over the gun if I see Dean again, like alive. Mm -hmm. And so we have a deal. Yell Eye says, no, you need to sweeten the pot. He says, (laughs) (laughs) he says, there's something else I want as much as the gun. Maybe more. And I was fully expecting him to say, you. you. Like, I was like, I was like, oh my god, maybe the John Zazel shivers weary were right all along. But he did. He doesn't say you, and I was like, oh Yeah, because well, we're supposed hmm. to not know yet that John's gonna die. Like, we, we do know, but it's supposed yeah. to be a little bit of a secret, but yeah. That was, that scene was, it, there was definitely something going on there. Um, okay, so we're back to Dean and Tessa. Oh my god. She's stroking his hair? For what? Literally, like, I think, I think, like, the, the vibe they're going for is, like, motherly. Yes. I agree. Yeah. But it's still weird because Dean called her a pretty girl. <laughs> 
I mean, it's not that weird. So she tells him it's time to put the pain behind you. And Dean says, and go where? And I guess my question here is, if Dean died, like, right now, do you think he would have been able to make it to heaven? I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, like, the the entire concept of, let's, barring everything that we're gonna know in the future, I guess, is, like, what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. vessel stuff, you know, shit like that. Okay. Barring all that, will Dean go to heaven? I think the answer is yes, because I'm sure worse people than him have gone to heaven. Right. Because if we're just going with, like, our hunters, like, is hunting specifically seen as a good thing in this universe? Mm. It's it's portrayed as a good thing right. in Supernatural. So hunting isn't the issue. Yeah. What do you think if, like, if St. Peter was, like, in the gates and was, like, checking on Dean Winchester's life? What do you think would be the issue? I don't think it would be misogyny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm flying up there with my charts. St. Peter, St. Peter, please. Look at this. Yeah, I guess since hunting is okay, it was okay of him to kill creatures, so I guess there wouldn't really be that much of an issue. So yeah, I guess he would just go to heaven. Let's talk about this some more. like Because like it's just heaven or hell, right? Yes. Like Purgatory here is a different thing. Yes. So... I think it's less like, do you deserve to go to heaven? And it's more, do you deserve to go to hell? Right, yeah. And as far as we know, the only people who go to hell are the fucking people who sell their souls. Yeah, like, have we met a single bad person in hell? Morality in Supernatural is simply diabolical. (laughs) Truly, truly it is. What if, like, the only people in hell were the people who sold their souls because no one was, like, that shitty? But, like, that makes heaven such a free-for-all place. Right. Why? Well, I mean, that's why they have everyone in their separate rooms, right? Like, you don't want to impose Dean Winchester on the actually nice people. Tessa tells him, sorry, I can't give away the big punchline. Um, and she says, moment of truth, no changing your mind later, so... What's it gonna be? And I was like, no changing your mind? Yeah. No changing your mind is such a weird thing. Like, what if he was like, I want to stay. And then, like, a little bit later was like, actually, just fucking take me, bro. what I don't get is... It's like, okay, like, Dean says no. And he and Sam hang out and talk through Ouija board for a few years. And then, after they both have some more closure, he asks Sam to burn his bones. Like, I don't get why that wouldn't work out. Dean's looking at her, and I don't know, does it seem to you that he's going to say yes? I think that specifically is, like, left up into yeah. interpretation. Yeah, like, what's your interpretation? I think he would have said yes. Yeah. Agreed. I think the, the it scared him, the concept of becoming something he would hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, before he answers, the lights start flickering and there's buzzing, and Tessa's not the one doing it, so uh, they turn around and there's a vent, and then, like, the demon smoke starts pouring out of it, and Tessa's going, you can't do this, get away, and then the demon smoke goes into her mouth, and then in, like, a very fun shot, she, like, turns around and her eyes are yellow, and she says, 
Today's your lucky day, kid. And puts a hand on Dean's forehead. And he, like, passes out. And then wakes up. Uh, and Sam calls out for help uh, as he sees Dean get up. That was that was fun. I liked, because yes. Tessa's little bob haircut means that when she, like, turns around, like, her hair is swinging really nicely in that scene. Like, it's a good yeah. visual. <laughs> Wild that demons can possess reapers, though. You're a person who died and went to hell and got tortured a bit, and now you can possess literal reapers. I don't fucking know, because, like, conceptually, this is not a human being. This is not even, like, a human being being possessed. Yeah. This is, conceptually, I say that, but, like, okay, the lore of reapers and Supernatural is very complicated, yep. and by complicated, I mean messy, and by messy, I mean Buck Lemming yeah, fucked up one episode, Buck and now we don't know what the fuck the truth is. So, <laughs> uh, so but, like, the lore that I engage with, mm-hmm. and I understand to be true, <laughs> is that reapers change shapes, and but they don't have vessels, mm. right? So like this is not even like superseding the vessel. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is not like you know in Cass's body in season eleven when he was possessed by Lucifer and Cass was also there and then Crowley was also <laughs> there at some point. Like it's not that. All right. This is like a demon actually possessing a reaper. Yeah. So I have no fucking idea how it yeah. works. Oh, well, I guess Azazel has, is a prince of hell, so he probably gets extra benefits. We are back into Dean's room, and uh, Sam and Dean are talking to the doctor, who says that basically Dean is completely fine. New person. Like, mm-hmm. free accident, free scratches from the demon, free everything. He's completely well. Mm-hmm. So the doctor says... You have some kind of angel watching over you. Haha. <laughs> uh, I don't care. Like, it's it's not it's not meaningful in the context. Yeah, yeah. I think in the context, it's just like ironic because it was actually a demon. But yeah. In my mind, I'm yelling Cass. I, I I I don't like the line to be associated with Cass because that's not the intention. Yeah, and like, I know. When have I ever cared about intention? <laughs> but no, like, I know. I apparently this time, yeah, I do. So the, when the doctor leaves, Sam and Dean start talking about what Dean went through and like what Sam witnessed with the Ouija board, which was that there was a reaper, and then Dean asks Sam like, "How did I ditch it?" And Sam was like, "Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, you tell me." But Dean doesn't remember anything. Mm. John. Comes up to the door. And he says, How are you feeling, dude? (laughs) John is (laughs) grey-coded. And then Dean says, like, I'm alive. John says, that's what matters. Sam, who is angry at this point, asks John where he was last night. John says, um... I had things that I needed to do, things to take care of. And Sam says, oh, that's specific. And Dean tries to stop Sam, but Sam keeps going. He's asked, he asks if John went after the demon. And John said no. 
And then Sam says, why don't I believe you right now? John stops him basically by saying, can we not fight? And he says that half the time that they're fighting, he doesn't even know what they're fighting about. They're just butting heads. He says, Sammy, I've made some mistakes, but I've Grr. always done the best I could. <laughs> I just don't want to fight anymore, okay? You did not do the best like, you could. I think this this is my clause of like, I may sound like a John <laughs> apologist sometimes comes in. <laughs> but like, I'm sure he believes it, that he yeah. did the best he could. Yeah. The, the damage has been done, etc., etc. Like, the entire spiel of, like, it doesn't take back the years of neglect and abuse mm-hmm. and all that and kicking Sam out mm-hmm. and the effects of that. But the fact that in his last moments, he wanted to apologize, yeah. it, it made me very emotional. I was... I like I don't even remember watching half of this scene because I was crying so hard. <laughs> Hashtag uh, dramatic. So, no, I think you're right that it's like a very emotional scene. I feel like the thing is like I literally like every John scene this episode. All I could think about is that he's gonna tell Dane to kill Sam. You know, like I couldn't feel bad for him at any point. Like, I was like, oh, it's nice that he wants, like, his last moments on Earth to, like, repair his relationship with his son's weight. No, he did something else. <laughs> no, it's it's not that I feel bad for him specifically. Mm-hmm. It's just I feel bad for the circumstances yeah. that they have found themselves yeah. in. You said, like, a couple of episodes ago, or maybe it was last episode in the wrap-up, that uh, if... If they made it out of this mm-hmm. one alive, all three of yeah. them, they could have had the opportunity to be a better family. Yeah. And it's that loss of opportunity mm-hmm. that gets to me. Yeah. Because, of course, you can't turn back time. And you can't make up for what's been lost in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, the concrete things that have been lost. But you can try to be better in the future. And... I I think I've applied this to like uh Destiel and like Sam and Dean mm-hmm. and like just those relationships in the past but you know the concept of sometimes apologizing means staying away yeah. and sometimes apologizing means staying and fixing what was broken. Yeah. I feel like this, you know, a family relationship like Sam, John and mm-hmm. Dean. I think all three of them would have wanted to do the like well, Sam probably wouldn't have, but Dean, for example, would have wanted the option of like, let's let's just stick together and fix what's broken. Yeah. And it's that it's the loss of that that like gets to me. Right. Like they didn't even have the opportunity to be better. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the opportunity to be a better father, yeah. and like his children didn't have the opportunity to experience what it's like to have a better father. Yeah. So Sam asks John like. Oh, Dad, are you alright? Because he starts sensing that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Especially because John is very teary-eyed, too, at this point. John says, I'm just a little tired, but can you get me some coffee? Mm -hmm. So Sam goes to get some coffee. And I was like, 
Couldn't you have said, like, I love yeah, you? I know, right? Couldn't you have said, like, I love you to Sam? Yeah. Like, everything w- happened with Dean. Like, he was like, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Dean. You, like, uh, raised your... You basically <laughs> raised me and your brother. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And with Sam, it's like, can we just, like, not talk? Like, can you just, like, not talk to me? <laughs> Sam, stop. Why are you so angry just because you are mad? <laughs> Get me coffee. <laughs> yeah. Get me coffee, Sam. So so Sam leaves. And when uh, immediately after he gets out of the room, Dean asks, What is it, Dad? John says, When you were a kid, I'd come home from a hunt. And after what I'd seen, I'd be wrecked. And you come up to me, and you would put your hand on my shoulder, and you'd look me in the eye, and you'd say, It's okay, Dad. And then John says, Dean, I'm sorry. Why not say this to Sam? <laughs> like, I'm just reiterating what I said, but like, you, you can't even say sorry to Sam. You literally kicked him out. Yeah. I, I get that we're gearing up to what's going to be said yes. later. Which is something that is also a gear up for the reveal of what was said, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I guess it's it's like weird if they were like, Sammy, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm sorry for kicking you out. And then later on he was like, kill that guy. <laughs> John continues that like, Dean shouldn't have been the one to say that to him. And he says that he put too much on Dean's shoulder. He made Dean grow up too fast. He says, you took care of Sammy. You took care of me. You did that. And you didn't complain. Not once. I just want you to know that I am so proud of you. Dean asks, is this really you talking? And then John says, like, yes, it's me. Dean says, like, why are you saying this stuff, Dad? John tells Dean that he should watch out for Sam. And Dean says, of course, Dad. Like, I'm gonna do that, whether you tell me or not. Uh, You're scaring me. John says, don't be scared, Dean. And then he leans in to Dean's ear and whispers something. Dean, like, has this shocked look on his face. As he pulls back, and John walks away, and Dean just stares at him. Mm. Yeah, John, like, gives him a little teary, like, smile and nod after that. Don't smile and nod. Ugh. Like, I get that it's supposed to be, um like, we're not supposed to know, yes. right? Like, what is being said here at the first watch. Mm-hmm. But, but in retrospect, it's even more evil that he was like, I put too much on your shoulder. I'm proud of you. So, you know how your reward is putting more things on your fucking shoulder. And it's... This is, like, immediately when he was like, I'm proud of you. Like, that's when, like, the anger kicked in again. And I was like, oh, fuck no. Like, I was, like, furiously wiping my tears. And I was like, fuck you, job. Apart from the thing that he said itself, it's the fact that he's saying this as, like, a last wish. Right? Mm -hmm. 
Like, this is his last word. Words to mm-hmm. Dean. Like, this is what he wants to be reminded by. Yeah, and it's, it's especially the fact that he tells, like, Dean asks, why are you saying this? And then he tells that him that, right? So it's like, oh, I was just buttering yeah. you up so that you'd kill Sam. <sighs> anyway, John get, gets, goes out of the room, enters his room, and then he puts the colt on the table. And then he looks like afar in the distance and he says, okay. Right. Um, so I think it's now when we want to discuss John's like motivations for doing all of this. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Um, huh. Okay. So I guess what I'm thinking is, I think part of this is about Sam's powers because yes. yeah, he's like, okay, like Sam's powers are like really, really happening. He's having these psychic dreams. He threw a glass of water. Um, I've known for a while now that like something's going to happen to him and he's gonna go dark side. And if I'm still around for that, if it's me and Sam left and Dean is dead, then I'm gonna have to be the one to kill him. And I don't wanna do that. So Let's make sure that it's Dean and Sam alive instead of me and Sam, huh? Okay, um, I think that's part of it. Also, I think, especially because he also possibly thinks that, like, if it's Dean and Sam left, it's more likely that Sam won't go dark side because, like, Dean and Sam are closer. And, like, he'd be able to, yeah. That's basically, like, I was going to say that maybe the more charitable way to look Mm -hmm. at it is that he just, like, if, like, Sam said earlier, if it was just John and him, they just fucking kill each yeah. other, you know? Like, because they hate each yeah. other. But if it was, it was Dean around, it would be more likely that Dean would be able to, like, I hate, like, I, yeah. you know, the control right. Sam. Like, well, Dean sure not, does not in do a that in way. later seasons. <laughs> yeah. Sam is more likely to listen to Dean. Because what mm-hmm. he says specifically, yeah. if I remember correctly, is like, if you can't save him, kill him. Right. So he's still betting on the saving, yeah. you know? I think he is more convinced that he, if it was just him, he would not be able to do right. that. And then I think another reason is that he's been chasing Azazel for 23 years. Like, he tried going at it alone. He failed. He got possessed. They want to consummate it. What? He's, he's got to consummate it yeah. now. It's been 23 it's been 22 years. years. They haven't even given each other a little kissy kiss. Yeah, well, okay. He tried haunting him alone. Didn't work. He got possessed. Um, He tried haunting him with his sons. Didn't work. His sons like him too much and wouldn't even kill him about it. Um, There's only one bullet left. And like Azazel mentions, like, he could miss, he could very easily miss with that one bullet, like, given Azazel's whole disappearing act. So it's like, if John stays alive, he has one bullet left, and he has this hunt, and he thinks that he will probably fail. So, like, one way to not ever fail is to give up the cult and give up his life so he won't be in the embarrassing position of I missed with the gun once and now I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, there is also the reading that he just loves Dean. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but even saying that is making me fucking laugh, so. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that is part of it. 
But, like, I think it's also the yeah. fact that he didn't try any other ways that he just picked this way and he's been, like, stuck on this way since the moment he heard Dean wasn't gonna wake up. So, like, yeah, I feel like if he loved Dean, he would have tried a few more things first instead of, like, here's my get-out-of-jail-free card, woo! But, like, at first, his his deal right. was to just give the gun, That's right? That's true. So, a part of me was, like, if he just gives the gun, right. then it would just be them, like, getting out of the life, basically. Right. But because his death was added to the pot... Mm-hmm. First of all, if he said no about the death, he was just gonna die anyway. Yeah. Because there's, like, two demons around and he got one bullet. A part of me is, like, beginning to think that maybe... It wasn't like I wanted to sacrifice my life for Dean. It was I wanted to end this Mm. chase. Right. Like, I want to end this revenge quest. And I, like, maybe he was, like, shocked away. By the fact that Dean is actually dying right. because of this revenge plot, that he was like, "Okay, let's just let's just pivot back a little, mm-hmm. and maybe we don't need to do this anymore." But then, when he got there and he arranged the deal, he got cornered, basically. Right. Yeah. Again, that's like a very charitable way yeah, to read it. Yeah, but it's like nice. Like I like it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Sam comes back into the room holding the coffee and he sees John dead on the floor and he yells dad and then it's like silent and slow-mo um, as he drops the cup and it splashes all over the ground. Oh, he runs over to John and is like yelling for help over him. This scene has given us everything. Slow-mo. Yeah. Music, Sam shouting, but it's muted. Yeah. Like John, literally dead on the floor. Like it's, it's actually very, very like the shot mm-hmm. itself of like Sam shouting, mm-hmm. and the the coffee on the side is actually pretty, pretty chill. Like yeah. it's good, yeah, good yeah, visual. Good. I've used it in an AMV. <laughs> right. So now, uh, the doctors are trying to put their defibrillators on John. I didn't notice if he was shirtless or not. Is this fan service? (laughs) I, like, didn't, like, check. I actually don't remember. Was he shirtless? I don't know. It didn't matter to me, so I didn't notice. Yeah, Dean and Sam are in the doorway, um, and they're, like, being pushed out by nurses, but Dean's yelling, no, it's our dad, it's our dad. Oh, babe. Um, and the doctor checks again, and there's no pulse, and John's, like, super for real dead, and the screen blacks out, and you hear the doctor's voice say, I'll call it, time of death, 10.41am. End of episode. So, what did you think about this one? What an episode. (laughs) For me, like, I, I, I remember I, I was, like, lamenting about how this is going to be a Dean-centric episode. I'm surprised that this episode is more balanced mm-hmm. than I thought. Yeah. Like, we, we, got, we get John, we get Sam, we get Dean. The fallout of this episode is something that 
I am looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like, overall, it was quite good. I thought it was very sexy that we don't hear what John said to Dean until, like, way later. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a good setup for the psychic plotline. Also, this episode is an exercise of how ma- how much can you fit in one episode. Mm-hmm. There is so much going on. So many things fucking happened in this one. <laughs> okay, so best line, worst line. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know think that. about what uh... my best line, worst line is. I would say the my worst line is the seventy-two version. But you're a pretty girl. Uh, yeah. I feel like the, that entire conversation, including the seventy-two versions part, like it it cascades from that part. It cascades from the, like, you're a pretty girl remark. Mm. Uh, I guess I was probably gonna go with 72 virgins, cause, ew. (laughs) My best line is probably when John said, like, I want to stop fighting. Mm. Can we just not fight? Huh, I guess for me... I guess since you took a line from the Sam speech for the sake of equality, I'll take a line from the Dean speech. Um, I think when he says, like, like after I got home from a hunt, you'd come up to me and you'd put your hand on my shoulder and you'd look me in the eye and you'd say, it's okay, dad. And then when he says, you shouldn't have had to say that to me, I should have been saying that to you. Like, I think that was... A good line. So, IMDb rating. What is your guess for the score of the IMDb hmm. of this episode? I mean, I feel like it should be high. Um, So, I remember the finale got a 9.2. So, I mean, I don't, maybe I would give this like a 9 as a guess? This is definitely better than the finale yeah, of season but one. But like, I guess I feel like finale. I'll just give get it. High I'll, I'll bump okay. it higher. I'll bump it higher. I'll buy it nine point three. Huh. Nine point two. Oh, nice. Good job. Okay, someone just said that their favorite part was Dean saying, "Dude, I full on Swayze to that mother." <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> You are not invited on the best line, worst line section of that pod. All the reviews that are right now are like 9 or 10. That's very telling. I, I don't know how to make this part entertaining. We should say something, at least one thing funny. Uh, I was really happy that they gave us the time of death at 10.41am, so every day at 10.41am I can cheer a little. You get to do a little dance. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the funny bit? I don't know. Is it? Uh, You know what? Let's just fucking end the podcast. (laughs) Just the entire podcast, not just the episode. All of it. (laughs) Okay, that's it for this episode of Bus Asian Beauties. Next time, we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 2, Everybody Loves a Clown. Leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustiationbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod, babpod. And thanks to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash bustiationbeautiespod. I just want to mention too that last week we did a YouTube premiere for uh, a season one music video 
and to all the people who came for that one thank you so yeah. much we had fun and we hope you had fun too anyway you can email us any feedback comments or inquiries at bossasianbeautyspod at gmail.com see you guys next time bye, bye. bye.